Molly of MyOwnMolly.com introduced me to FarmGirlFlowers.com as a potential YFE feature a little over a month ago, and since then I've become obsessed with finding out more about the company. Tonight we have the founder Christina on to tell us more about her plans to disrupt her industry, to talk about the importance of local, and share her advice on making sales and fulfilling orders through a website. Stay tuned. Welcome to YFE Chat Live, the live show that happens every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on YFELive.com. It's a 30-minute live show that you can use the hashtag YFE Chat to connect with other entrepreneurial women in their 20s and 30s. If you're watching this later on YouTube or iTunes, make sure that you uh, bring yourself into the conversation by commenting below this video. Obviously, you can't really do that on iTunes, but feel free to check in over on Twitter using, again, the hashtag YFE Chat. So I'm your host, Jennifer Dono. You can tweet me at Jennifer Dono, and again, one more time, use the hashtag YFE chat. Tonight's episode is 104, episode 104, and it is brought to you by Ovali TV. Ovali believes in building community through shared experiences. We produce professional live webcasts that bring tribes together. And by MailChimp. MailChimp is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com for free. Make sure that you sign up for our mailing list at yfe.me forward slash mailed it. Uh, so you can find out more about everything that happens at Young Female Entrepreneurs. We've got a lot going on. Two big announcements that I wanted to talk about before we bring Christina from Farm Girl Flowers on is that, number one, the daily action calendar. For all of you that are participating in that, it has been something that has been happening since February of 2013. And before that, I actually... This is something I stole from our web hosting company. <laughs> we used it back in 2012 uh, for home office individuals, and we put out actions, and it was all about connecting people through common actions and keeping people motivated. And so YFE uh, adopted it, and we started doing these daily actions together. Uh, last month, we changed it up so that you do an action, you take a picture of, or, of it, and you share it. And it's not even necessarily something you have to do. Like today's was Throwback Thursday and you were sharing a picture of you speaking to a group of women using the hashtag YFE action. Well, starting April 1st, we're adding into that program at dailyactioncalendar.com. You can actually buy into this program that we're doing, and I have it at half off until April 1st, which is when it's released. So if you go to dailyactioncalendar.com, you can find out more about it. It's 365 action sheets. And so for those of you that missed what we did before, that whole idea of here's a prompt, do it, and, and some motivation around it, we're bringing that back. It's just in this uh, Take Daily Action e-kit. And it's just $15, so it's the price of a bottle of wine that you probably bought before this show. And um, it goes up to 30 on April 1st, and we're gonna do a fun challenge leading up to it. So again, sign up for yfe.me forward slash mailed it to find out more about that. I'm really excited. As someone that's gonna have a baby soon and has a kid and a husband, this is something that I'm really just passionate about. I wanna do more, I wanna get more done, I wanna experience more, and hopefully you guys will all join me in that, um, in that desire. So the second thing is the book club, or Bootstrap Book Club, the free book club you can participate in. We're changing up the way that we discuss things. So next month's book, 
um, is going to be Gabrielle Bernstein. Steen, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I'm so sorry. For, you guys will have to correct me on this one day. I love her work. I love everything she does. Uh, she has a new book coming out called Miracles Now, and it actually comes out on April 8th, they believe, and so it's in pre-order. And she's got some really cool incentives for pre-ordering it, but that's our next book, and we're not going to start discussing it till May. And so what we're doing is we're giving you about a month to read it, and then we're going to organize hangouts. So we're going to have hangout leaders, and it's going to be one simple book club discussion. You're going to show up with your bottle of wine or your cup of coffee, whatever it is, and meet people virtually and discuss it in real time versus having to keep track of a Facebook group discussion blocks, which drove me crazy. I can't stand Facebook. And um, it was just kind of like scattered thoughts. And so we're going to do it in a really fun powwow way where you can meet other entrepreneurial women. Those are my two big announcements. And I'll flush out the ideas more if you're signed up for a mailing list again at yfb.me forward slash mailed it. So that was a really long announcement part. And I apologize for that. So uh, let's learn a little bit about our guest. Christina. She's the founder of a company I'm so excited to learn more about, farmgirlflowers.com. It's out of San Francisco. It's all about local. Farm Girl Flowers is proud to be a successful, unique, and eco-friendly San Francisco flower company. What makes them so unique? Their goal is to completely change the way flowers are purchased in the United States. They provide beautiful San Francisco flowers at a better price than their competitors, support local farmers and business reduce the environmental impact, and save you time. So let's go ahead and hear from Christina. Uh, But let's go ahead and talk about uh, the floral industry or the flower industry. Uh, Christina, tell us more about it and why it was that you are, are set out to disrupt it. Yeah, the floral industry actually is a really large industry, a $35 billion industry with seven to $8 billion just in e-commerce sales. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so big, but there's really little innovation in it. Um, And, you know, when I was researching starting Farm Girl Flowers, I was just amazed that all of the innovation that has taken place in the last 30 years has been, in my opinion, not the right direction to go. So I thought, you know, let's look at all the problems and figure out a way to, to solve these problems and see if we can, we like to call it kick it old school, but kind of bring the floral industry back <laughs> to the way it used to be, which we think is the better way to go. Well, so now let's talk about how you got into the whole flower industry, because you have a farm girl background, which is so endearing. The entire brand is just very endearing. Um, but before you started up, you actually had a pretty solid job at, was it at Stanford? Yes, yes, at Stanford University. Um, so that doesn't really seem like floral industry in Stanford. No. I mean, how did this come to be? Um, so, yeah, I do have a farm background. Um, I grew up on a farm in northern Indiana, uh, but it was corn and soybeans, which are definitely not as pretty as uh, flowers. Um, but it's really funny because, you know, I didn't love living on the farm. It wasn't um, my passion. Uh, but it, it's kind of the irony in calling it farm girl flowers because I grew up on a farm. Uh, but I'm really happy to be working with flowers instead of corn and soybeans <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to work at Stanford uh, for almost eight years. And a lot of people thought I was pretty crazy to leave a, a really stable job uh, at a place that's not going anywhere. Um, and it was fun and I, I learned a lot from it. Um, but, you know, it's very, when you work in a, a very, a setting like that, it's pretty cyclical and um, you don't get to really do a lot of innovative new things. Um, and so I really wanted to do something where I could be more creative and uh, so which is why I left and started this company. So 
leading up to 2010, which is when Farm Girl Flowers mm-hmm. came to be, right? Yep. Uh, did you, I mean, did you take classes in floral arrangements? Were you big on events? I mean, how did that, I understand the creativity and the farm yep. background, but how did that come to, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. So um, I'm actually completely self-taught. Um, when I started Farm Girl Flowers, uh, one of the problems in the industry that I found, which was just a, it, not a big um, social problem, but I just didn't like the designs that were out there. Uh, I didn't want to send them. Um, you know, I'm talking about not the the great designers, floral designers that are out there, but the big drop shippers. Uh, when you're using the large uh, national brands, there wasn't a lot of um, design to them. So I didn't like the options to be able to send my mom flowers in Indiana because, you know, there's not a florist near there. So I have to order through uh, the big names that you see marketed all over the internet, you know, uh, Pro Flowers, 1-800-Flowers, those. Um, so, you know, I just, I, I wanted to create something that was, that I would want to receive and I'd want to send to people. So I just, I taught myself, um, you can find anything in a book and on YouTube anymore. Um, and I just made sure that every arrangement that I was designing um, would, would be something I'd want to receive. And then also the component where we have couriers that deliver the flowers via bike, we had to, you know, I had to design the recipe for, for what our designs looked like. Uh, with that in mind, because they had to be a very uh, kind of a, a sturdy arrangement, I call it. Um, so that way they're not going to get destroyed while they're out uh, being delivered by bike. So I created this recipe of, of a look and an aesthetic that I liked um, and just, just taught myself. I think that if you have a design eye, it really translates to a lot of different industries. And, and I was fortunate to have a design eye, I think. So there's so many things within that story that I, I love. I just want to point out, one. first of all, is that you're self-taught. Did you ever feel like you there was pressure from um, others within the industry to go back to school and get like certified or, or mentor under someone? Yes. And actually, a lot of the um, designers that we hire did go. There's a great uh, city college has a great floral design program. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to school. Um, I definitely did, you know, um, received feedback from other florists that they didn't uh, appreciate, you know, our style as much. Um, It's definitely more farm fresh. looks like you went and picked it yourself. Um, That's just the aesthetic I like. Um, The aesthetic that every young female likes, I feel like. Whenever my husband, I I tell him over and over again, I love him to death, and I think it's the nicest gesture to bring home flowers, but I tell him, I'm like, I can't stand these bouquets. I think they're the hideous, they're most ugly thing. I mean, it's just so, like... So I flowers love shouldn't stuff. be ugly, right? But right. they sometimes are. <laughs> they are all the time. So anyway, yeah. I really appreciate that about you, that you have the um, the guts or the courage to just go out there and say, I want to do this differently. And if you're doing it differently, why would you go back and learn from other people and that kind of a thing? And like you said, that's okay at some, you know, for some people, for a lot of people, that's a great choice. But for you as an entrepreneur, I think that's something that definitely set you apart. Um but as far as the process goes, so here you are, you're learning. And this was something, too, that we had on an, another guest who has crepery um, pop-up shops and a crepery in, uh, where was it, you guys? It was, like, in Chicago, I forget. Um, but she did the same thing. She YouTubed how to make crepes. Yep. <laughs> she loves yep. it. And then she created a really innovative business around it. But anyway, um, so apart from the YouTube videos and learning how yeah. to do the whole floral arrangements, how did you, the actual business end of it, did you go out and meet local farmers? I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of research process went into that? Yeah, so um, 
I love researching new companies. I probably drive all of my friends and family crazy with all of my random ideas over the last 10, 15 years. Um, so that's the fun part. Um, yeah, I lived in, when I first came up with the idea, I lived on the coast um, near Half Moon Bay area. And so I just went and talked to a couple of the growers in Half Moon Bay. Um, I think they thought I was a little bit crazy. Um, we, I like to joke with them now because they were so skeptical at the beginning and they're like, this will never work. You know, <laughs> it's a great idea. It's never going to work. Everybody wants peonies year round and, you know, we have to import. We've already lost the battle. They're, they're already really had the defeated attitude. Um, and I was like, nope, it's going to work. It's going to work. Let's just, you know, just bear with me. Um, but uh, yeah, I just went and talked to growers. Um, and then I, I just really looked at the industry as a whole. And the fun part to me was looking at where all the problems were and then trying to figure out if I could, you know, figure out a, a solution to them. It was just kind of like a big, long problem solving thing um, where I identified the biggest problems and then uh, just came up with some ideas. And then I tested it. I, I um, you know, did informal focus groups with my friends and friends of friends. And to see if uh, people really cared what the flowers were that were being used, because um, that was the biggest issue. I was, you know, when I was coming up with the concept of one daily design, um, you know, it's like, well, are people going to care? Do they do they want to pick? Um, do they want the 600 options that are available online at all the big <laughs> dropshippers? Because I know I don't want 600 options, but they no. might. So, um yeah, I just, uh, you know, asked people, found out that people, you know, was, I think our, the statistic was 82% of everybody that I talked to didn't care uh, what the flowers were. And actually, there, a lot of the response was uh, that whatever they order online isn't what shows up anyway. So it's not like even when you pick, that's, you know, what what you get. So, um, so I thought, well, let's just, you know, after I, I figured out the solutions, what I thought were the solutions to the problem, let's just test it. Um, and so that's what I did. What was the testing like then? Because, I mean, in the beginning, I should say, you guys, if you haven't, she has over 25,000 people that are following her on Instagram, something like 15,000 on Facebook. This is not you, like, taking out your tricycle and riding around town saying, buy flowers for me. This is a big operation now. But at the beginning, was it ever that you literally did get on your bike and deliver it? Did you, I mean, how was the testing process? Um, yeah, so I never was the delivery person, which I wish I was because I would be a lot thinner. <laughs> um, <laughs> that I didn't do. I did everything else. Um, so what it started out um, being was I worked out of our dining room. I had a very um, lovely husband who didn't mind sharing the shower with myrtle leaves on the ground that I would scrub our buckets in. <laughs> um, so it was about 100 square feet, uh, maybe 120 square feet. That was the, the flower shop. And um, I would go to the flower market in the early mornings and uh, buy all the flowers and come home and make all the arrangements. And I mean, all the arrangements, I say that like it's a big number. You know, when you first start out, um, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of friends that helped out at the beginning. So I had a friend who his company um, made a website for me and it was it was really basic. It didn't have a lot of uh, frills. It's actually, you know, we're, we're working on our new website that we're launching in a couple of weeks, which is a much uh, more dynamic, beautiful, amazing website. But um, a little tip for others starting out is you don't have to, it doesn't have to be the end product where, where you want to go at the beginning. So I did everything on a budget, um, made a website that, you know, met our needs. It didn't, you know, we had to make some, you know, exceptions and some things it couldn't do. Um, and then I would buy the flowers. I would make the flowers. I would do all the customer service. I would do, um, some of the marketing, my husband's in marketing, so he helped with that. Um, and then just asked my friends to help spread the word. Um, 
coffee shops were great. They let me put out flower arrangements with cards, but it was very grassroots. It was very uh, me doing everything other than deliveries. I did. How long long did that last, that grassroots feeling? Almost two years. So we operated out of my dining room um, for right at two years. At the two-year mark, um, we moved into the flower market, actually, and they were wonderful in letting us move in there and actually rent one of the spaces at the market, which made it a lot more uh, it, it's just so much easier because we can get the flowers there. And um, But for the first two years, and now we're just a little over three. So it's been about a year and a quarter that we've been out of our dining room and growing really oh quickly, gosh. which is great. Um, See, but, I would have never known. I Just like looking at you, looking through all of your photos and all of the customer testimonials, I feel like you've been doing this for years at a huge yeah. capacity and that you had like big investors to get started. And I think it's yep. always so inspiring yep. to hear people that just get started and try things out. So, um, and I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you, but I wanted to take oh, no, it back no, to the to the okay. website part. Mm-hmm. So just talking about it, I love the advice as far as getting started doesn't need to be the end product, but today, I mean, how do people find out about you? The way that I found out about you was through um, myownmolly.com. She's, um, she is an, works as an executive assistant and has a, a number of employees that do something similar with her. And uh, she actually ordered from you for a client in San Francisco and said it was the most amazing experience ever. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so now, I, how do people find out about you other than, you know, having someone email and be like, you have to check her yeah. out? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the best way. Um, we have a lot of referrals, which is great, and a lot of repeat customers. Um, which I think is, is the best, you know, uh, it, it's just wonderful. I love to hear that. Um, Yelp is a big uh, way people hear about us. Um, Yelp and Facebook are probably our two best marketing um, channels that work the best for us. Um, and since we're fortunate were- that... Uh, sorry. And since you mentioned Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, I saw on your Facebook page that you were part of a Facebook small business case study. Mm-hmm. I, what has what have you done differently that others aren't doing? That I mean, uh, that you have such a huge response rate. Yeah. Well, we utilized Facebook marketing, which I think a lot of small businesses, um, you know, don't. They don't know that that it'll actually help, and they get really worried about spending a little bit of money, um, which I was too. So, in my original financial model. Um, my husband jokes with me because I think I had 25 cents per unit in there for marketing, which I'd always worked in operations. And I was like, oh my gosh, you want me to spend how much? And that's like another person I could hire and not have to get up at three in the morning myself, you know? Um, but he was right. Um, you do have to spend some money in marketing. Uh, and, and so once we started utilizing the, the Facebook marketing options, it's really helpful and it does work. So um, that's, he was absolutely right. Um, I, he, you have it on tape, which I'll have him listen to. So <laughs> you can see that. Um, but it, you know, if you're a small business owner, like I was, I was really just, you know, kind of scared about thinking about spending money in that way. Um, it's really worth it. So you actually ran ads then now, as far as spending money, did you, do you spend any money on Yelp or is that all organic reviews? No. Yeah. The reviews are all, uh, completely organic. Um, we do market on, on Yelp, but we don't purchase any reviews. I know a lot of people have asked me recently, because uh, our numbers are really good on, like you said, Instagram and Facebook. Um, we don't buy likes at all. Like, um, I mean, we utilize marketing, which will bring in likes, but we, we don't think it's ethical to go buy fake people to write reviews. or. <laughs> you know, but a lot of people do that. And you know, I just think that if you take the high road, it's always going to be better for you. Um, and really, if you're going to do that, then it's not going to help you in the long run because the actual people that are on 
our sites are actually want to be there, which we really like. Well, um, what about people that don't like you on Yelp that leave bad reviews? Do you have any advice for people as far as that goes? Yeah. So I completely understand that. Um, at first, I would get I was devastated if I had a bad review, like just devastated. Um, I mean, I would drive everyone nuts being like, I can't believe oh, Can you believe this? And I would have to read it, you know, and like, do they know how hard we're working, you know? And um so a couple things. First is try to rectify it. So every single time we get a bad Yelp review, we reach out to the person, we try to rectify it. Um, you're not going to be able to, to please everybody though. So that's my second bit of advice. If there's, you know, there's just people out there, we all know them. We've all worked with them before. We all have them in our lives even and don't want to, but there's just, you know, a very small fraction of people that you're just never going to make happy. So those people do exist. And I find that they're more likely to write a review than someone who's really happy um, so try to rectify it, but then don't beat yourself up if you can't, because the person probably is just, you know, mad at life and, you know, there's not much you can do to fix it. <laughs> if you're offering a free flower arrangement and copying the one they had and, you know, you're like, we're already losing a lot of money on this, um, you know, and their expectations weren't even in line with what we do. You know, they want peonies in December, you know, uh, you know, there's just, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> so, I mean, apart from the marketing and everything like that, uh, going back into your business model. So one of the things that I just, again, the company, I just, uh, it's like we had horse feather uh, gifts on. Now they're a mother daughter team. And I want, like I said before this, I want to be best friends with their company, their brand. And I want to be best friends with flower girl or farm girl flowers. It's that kind of a brand. I'll be your best friend. Don't oh. worry. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, you have this courier system, which I mean, where do you even start to find out about that kind of a thing? And then I also found out, because right now you're delivering in San Francisco, right? So like city yeah. proper type of a deal. Yep. And then if you want to get out of the city, you have a deal with, um, is it TaskRabbit? That if there's like six or more or something like that orders that you'll yeah. make arrangements. So as far as courier services go, how did you figure out how to do that? And what advice would you give to others as far as local delivery goes? Because that's something I'm very excited about. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the bike courier thing was kind of an afterthought. Um, a friend of mine I was at lunch with, you know, talking about right before I launched, and you know, it was actually his idea. So thank you, Brett. Um, and you know, it was just thinking, you know, it's actually, you know, it's, it's cute, which people will like, but also it's you know better for the environment, which we really liked. And in San Francisco, bike couriers really make sense. They get around quicker than cars. There's no parking tickets. We all know that's a pain, you know? Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a better option. Um, when we just did, I, I did do another informal focus group recently because we are um, expanding. So we're, we're working on our expansion model right now. Um, and I wanted to find out why people order farm girl flowers. Um, because if it was for the bike couriers, then we we're gonna have a, to really rethink our expansion model. Um, but that was actually the least, you know, the least most popular reason why people order. It was our aesthetic and that we use local. So um, we're going to keep bike couriers and we have scooter couriers as well uh, in San Francisco. But as we expand outside of San Francisco into the Bay Area and we're also working on our national shipping model, um, it obviously won't be a bicycle then. Um, but when we first started, I used a courier company. Uh, to deliver the flowers, and they were great. Um, it was really good for us at the beginning to do it that way. Since then, we've brought in uh, the couriers as well. So we hire all the couriers as full-time employees of our company, and that works even better because they have personal ownership of the flowers. And what I realized was 
um, there was a whole other side of flower delivery that I hadn't even thought about when I first started Farm Girl. You know, I thought it was just about the flowers, but it's not. When you're delivering flowers as a, a gift, which is what most of our orders are for, gifts for other people, it's also the service of delivering it. So uh, the original career company we used was great at making sure the flowers looked good when they got there. They, you know, they weren't um, irresponsible that way at all. Um, but there's also, you know, the attitude of the courier and you want to make the, sure that, you know, you're delivering them with a smile and you're being nice and, you know, they're just actually a, a reflection of our company. So uh, not having control over about, I would say that's about 50% of it, you know, 50% of the flowers, 50% of the delivery, making sure it gets there on time, that the couriers are nice and respectful and he will go over and above to make sure they get it to the recipient themselves. Um we really needed to be able to control that part. So that was something we changed about a year and a half into uh, into the company launch. That's interesting. And I like how you use the the careers in your marketing too. So you'll post pictures of them on the bike. We were showing some of the pictures as you were talking. Yeah. And uh, you also call out on Facebook. If you see one of them, you know, post a picture yeah. or whatever, say hi. Uh, so and another part of the business model that excites me is the simplicity of it. So it's like you said, if, it, if the peonies are not in season, you're not going to include that because again, and it doesn't really stand true to your to your values. But so uh, as far as creating that simplicity where it's one one arrangement a day, it's at a, at a specific price point um, and people don't really have as many options. I mean, that, first of all, as a business owner, kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, is anyone going to get it? Just like you talked about earlier. And you said that you had focus groups. But at the same time, that this, those people would say, oh, people wouldn't, wouldn't want that. So yep. what advice would you give to others on creating a simple service, a, sim- a simple product offering uh, that will sell? Yeah, I, this is a, that's a great question. I think that it's scary, like you said, to think of narrowing your niche down. Um you know, when most people that are launching businesses I've that I've talked to, um, you know, they want the whole world to be their market. Yeah. <laughs> and um, first of all, when you go talk to an investor, they're going to laugh at you if you say that, you know, this is your audience and it's this, you know, half of the you know United States population. You know, it's that's you're not honing in on something that's needed then, you know. Um, so in my opinion, so honing down on a a real niche of people um, doesn't uh, hurt you. It actually helps you, I think. So, um, you know, we get at least five or 10 requests a day from people that we have to say no to. And that scares me, especially at the beginning when I had two orders a day and I'm like, I need every order I can get. Um, But really good advice I got was, okay, all of this time that you're spending accommodating these requests that are outside of the the purview of what you're doing is hurting you because you're not being able to spend that time on getting the word out about what you do do. So, um, you know, I'm okay with 82% of people not needing to pick their flowers and I'm not going to focus on the 18% of people that do want to pick their flowers and want, um, you know, 16 of this flower and four of this and this color and all that. Those aren't, those aren't our, that's not our audience. And, um, that's just taking time away from us being able to accommodate the hundred orders that we have today that do, uh, want our product. 
Um, and so we can we can do that really well, what we do. Well, it's, Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's a, a lot, it sounds like, about being confident in what it is that you're offering and confident in your brand and making sure that people understand it and that you're attracting the right kind of crowd too, which you've obviously done really well. So if anyone is trying to figure out how to do that, I would definitely look at your website as a case study. There's a lot of things on your website, actually, that I think is really interesting, like um, why we're different. You actually list out uh, why... I mean, in comparison to other companies in like a yep. table format. I know our new one is much better. So we have a new website coming out in about three weeks. That I, is I think it's so awesome. much better, I promise. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it's still on the new website as well in a much easier to read format. It's more of like a little chart. Um, but we really want to show that, okay, the big problems were, in our opinion, um, waste, uh, which is what drives the cost up so high. Um, because what people don't realize is that 30 to 50% of all the flowers that are grown go bad before they're ever sold. So we wanted to fix that. So the waste was a big issue. The imports, 80% of all flowers sold in the U.S. are now imported, uh, but 78% of all the flowers grown in the U.S. are grown right here in California, and 58%, this is a lot of stats, I'm sorry, 58% of local growers have gone out of business since the early 90s. So we wanted to fix those big issues, um, and we wanted to show how we stack up with the others that, um, you know, aren't worried about any of that. Well, I was really interested in your company, too, to begin with, just because um, my husband and I are on a zero waste type of a a plan where we're trying to become zero waste completely, but we are really focused on food. And I haven't been able to buy floral arrangements because there's so much plastic involved. And one of the cool things that you guys do is wrap it in burlap. And now, uh, so one of the last things I wanted to talk to you about is scaling this company, because, I mean, I think I've seen it in a few places that you are looking into doing uh, flower girls in other areas. And like you said, Yep. you have a different model does that in any way incorporate getting into places like supermarkets and pl- things like that so it's more of a I'm coming to this location and purchasing the flower is that what that's going to look like for you um we are working we just launched a grocery store line um we're at small foods in San Francisco and working on some other ones as well right now um and that's one of the the things we're doing we actually are thinking really big um which kind of goes against what I just said on, on finding your niche. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. But um, we're still only going to go for 82% of that big number. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're working on national delivery. So when I started Farm Girl Flowers, I started in San Francisco to beta test it to see if it worked. San Francisco's perfect environment because there's people like you that are trying to become zero waste where, you know, that, that hasn't caught up in a lot of areas. Um, but our end goal is always to compete at a national level with the large drop shippers like Pro Flowers and 1-800-Flowers, FTD and Teleflora. Those, those four make up and kind of monopolize the whole, um, the whole industry basically for e-commerce. We want to compete. There's no socially conscious option at that level. Um, if I want to send my mom flowers in Indiana or you want to send to somebody that lives in a little tiny town without a florist, that's what you have to do. You have to use one of the big guys. So the model will change, but every single decision we're making is uh, with the intention to provide a socially conscious alternative. It won't be perfect. We're still going to have to ship flowers in boxes. However, the boxes, we worked with an eco-packager to create boxes that use 30 to 40% less packaging than all the competitors. And we're going to be shipping our burlap wrap bouquet without any vases because everybody has a zillion vases anyway, and the ones that they ship to make sure they don't break are really ugly. Always ugly. Them. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> so why even, you know, get another made in China vase anyway? So mm-hmm. we're going to ship our burlap wrap bouquets, which are all domestic product, uh, you know, all domestic flowers, um, all the materials, you know, the burlap's bio, 100% biodegradable. 
Um, it'll just be the best of what's out there. It's not going to be perfect. And we still, we just launched a blog called Field of Bay. So all that to say is, you know, um, we're, we were, you know, if there's an option for a local florist in your area, we definitely want to promote that as well. Um, we're not trying to monopolize the whole industry, uh, but we do want to provide an alternative out there. I love everything you just said. I love everything about your company. Like I said, I cannot gush over it enough. And I'm so excited by the idea of you expanding and especially hopefully coming to Seattle at some point. Because yes. if you don't live anywhere near the, the farmer's market in Seattle, then uh, you're pretty much screwed as far as floral yep, arrangements it's so go. True. <laughs> so, so uh, true. So Christina, where can everyone find out more about Farm Girl Flowers and everything that you're doing? Yeah, so um, go to uh, our website is www.farmgirlflowers.com. Um, and then the blog I just mentioned is uh, fieldtobase.com, which is more about the local flower movement in general. So it's fieldtobase.com? Yep. Okay, we'll have to make sure that we include those links over awesome. um, below the video. But Christina, thank you so much for joining us tonight and thank and you. for sharing everything about Farm Girl Flowers so graciously. Um, just one last, if you mm -hmm. had one big piece of advice for a young female entrepreneur who's just getting started, what would it be? Uh, not to get discouraged. It's really easy when you're first starting out and working out of your dining room with myrtle leaves in your shower to get really discouraged, um, but it will pay off. And awesome. just hang in there. I love it. Don't get discouraged. It sounds like that's something that's definitely true to your background. Yes. All right, Christina. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. All right. So everyone, you've just been listening to Christina. She's the founder of farmgirlflowers.com. How exciting is this? I love the potential in the company. And I love, it's just one of those ideas where you're like, why hasn't anyone thought of this before? And so it's just so cool to hear other people that are going through that type of a situation, not to get discouraged, like she said, and keep moving forward. So you've been watching YFE Chat Live, the live show that happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Again, make sure that you sign up for our mailing list at yfe.me forward slash mailed it to keep in the loop with everything YFE. We're going to have this video up on YouTube and iTunes tomorrow, so make sure that you're subscribed over there at youtube.com forward slash yfeentrepreneur or find us on iTunes by searching for young female entrepreneurs. Thank you you all so much for watching live. I'll come back on in just a, mo a moment before I say uh, goodbye to Christina to make sure that I say goodnight to all of you.